All right, people, welcome back. Last episode before Christmas. Technically, there'll be an episode dropping on Christmas Day uh, that we'll record tomorrow. So you'll you'll hear from us on Christmas Day if you want to take a break from catching up with relatives you either love or hate uh, and you want to learn about money saving and shit. There'll be a podcast for you on Christmas Day. But until then, we've got one more episode. So hope you're having a good Christmas, uh, finishing up work for the year, that sort of thing. First one I wanted to chat about is a rainy day fund, which is sort of where I'm at in my my journey. There's people like Dave Ramsey, Robert Kiyosaki from Rich Dad Poor Dad, different guys like that who are money-saving people who all talk about having a rainy day fund. And the concept of it being is having, say you know, a basic idea of all of your monthly expenses that you spend in a, in a month. And that's like your rent or your mortgage repayments, gym memberships, groceries, hairdressing expenses, doctor's bills, car insurance, home insurance, health insurance, all those things, figuring out what that monthly amount looks like and saving three to six months worth of monthly expenses in cash that'll sit in a savings account, hopefully accruing a little bit of interest. So that way you're prepared for bullshit happening. Life's, for life's little surprises. Yeah, yeah. And and some people might say that it's a negative outlook to have, but I've learned from, from you that it's better to prepare for the worst possible outcomes. So then when they actually, if they happen, hopefully they don't, but if they happen, you're ready and you're prepared <sighs> to handle whatever bullshit throat comes your way short of like a death, you know? Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's being mentally and financially mm-hmm. pre- prepared for life's bullshit. What were you going to say, Dan? Yeah, and Damo, you can you can pop the money. You can get like a good interest rate um, through like ING or Macquarie, and this is not financial advice. You know, just go online and see what um, what rates are around. Like if you do have three months worth, you know, if your expenses are three to four grand a month, and you've got nine to twelve grand just sitting there, if you've got a loan, one of the good places to sit that rainy day fund is in your offset account. Because it's yeah, it's saving you money. But um, if you're if you're renting or if you're living at home, um, yeah, just yeah, get yeah, to get get it going. Do the best you can, and um, yeah, you know, shop around and see what good interest rates. You go on a CanStar; they've usually got some good advice. Or you know, ring, talk to your bank, see what they've got on um, yeah, on on like a you know, reasonable interest rate. You might have to lock it away for a month or two, but you now that's all right. And plus, like another option, I've got a micro investing app called Raise. There's heaps of different apps similar to this one. The only downside of having it set up in a micro investing app is if you need to sell some of those shares to pay for something that's an emergency, you're obviously losing out on any growth in those shares that you might achieve, but it also might take a week, like a business, five business days for you to access the money again. So it's better to have it easily accessible in ta- in in times of sort of fuckery going on in your life, whether something goes wrong with your car or your house or whatever. But you'll find yeah. it's like something I'm. That's my goal for next year is building up three months of living expenses. And I did the maths based on saving a fair amount of my income each month, but not saving so much that I don't have a life. Uh, it'll take me about eight and a half months to get to get that saved. So obviously it's going to take me a little bit and that's fine. But I feel like that's a worthy goal to have because that means uh, cash wise, I've got enough cash to get through any sort of bullshit that might come up uh, in that time 
whether or not I have to use it. It's just great to know I've I've got it to have a bit of peace of mind. So obviously during the during the week, there's there was news from the ABC of redundancies and cutting shows and that sort of stuff. So the guy that run who was like the main purveyor of quality tunes at Triple J got laid off. Richard Kingsmill, the the guys at the drum got laid off, which Dad has been crying about for days at this point. It's a, it's a wonder he's been getting out of bed. Um, there's I've also, actually got I've got a bit I've got a bit of an inside scoop on that too. Yeah, all right, we'll share it in a second. Yeah. So the other thing is David Taylor, who I love. David Taylor is an ABC journalist who writes some pretty good stuff for the ABC. He's been laid off as well. He's a great follow on Twitter, which is where I've been keeping up to date with him. But he sort of ran down, gave us a rundown of what happened in 2023 and what lies ahead for 2024, and he summed it up pretty well. So the RBA, who have been a big point of contention in the media and just in in, in public life and the economy the last year or so, they obviously use monetary policy to bring about or aim for full employment in the economy and price stability. Uh, the government has launched a revamp where they want to change the way the RBA operates. It means less meetings throughout the year that will change the official cash rate, which affects how people's mortgages are priced by their banks. Um, he also notes that Jim Chalmers, who's the treasurer, has noted that the economy in the years to come is going to focus on productivity and competition in 2024 and beyond, and they want to place a greater emphasis on the green energy transition, more investment in the technology sector, and the care economy, obviously being like aged care for our aging population. We're going to have much higher levels of demand for people who are older, which means a bigger demand on the health system means a bigger demand on the aged care and nursing system as our population retires and ages and starts to have more health issues prop up as opposed to our younger people. And he and he notes in the final part of this article before he signed off from the ABC, um, our single greatest need in 2024 and beyond Australia-wide is having enough homes for all Australians regardless of, you know, age or tax bracket because that seems to be the biggest the biggest thing happening at the moment is that we don't have enough housing to look after everyone that needs it. So I just wanted your thoughts on it, David, and then we'll move on. Some good points there. As he said, like the RBA, their job is to look after monetary policy, so the, the cost of money. So when it's a bit like Goldilocks and the three bears. When the when the porridge is too hot, um or you know, the economy is running too hot, the RBA puts up interest rates um to sort of temper demand, which, you know, sort of brings it back to a level that they're more comfortable which, with, which is, um, you know, between 2 and 3%. And at the moment, the inflation rate's in the high fives. So, you know, not to confuse with the um, kids' band. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's just something that they do. And the other thing is is um, fiscal policy, which is the government sort of, you know, they look after, which is um, spending. So, um, you know, if... if um, if there's a lot of spending in the economy from business and consumers, the government might um, yeah, reduce its spending just to sort of take a bit of um, uh, heat out of the economy because, you know, when the government spends generally, um, you know, it's on things like infrastructure and those sorts of things. So, you know, it's going to cause demand for tradies and materials and that sort of stuff, which can push up push up prices in other parts of the economy. So, look, well, yeah, it is very sad to see what happened to David Taylor. I did hear a bit of a scoop on the drum. Um, as Damo said, I was very upset. Apparently, um, 
they were asked to find, between all the people on the drum, they were actually asked to find someone next year to come on the show over the course of its 250 episodes, someone who actually had a real job, and between them they couldn't find anyone, so they decided to um, can the show. So that's um, that's a bit unfortunate. So um, anyway, I'm not sure if you're... Um, if you're missing an hour of every night of listening to people who are funded by the taxpayer complaining about how hard they've got it, there's probably other shows on the ABC you can tune into. So, yeah, we've still got the last 10 episodes of The Drum taped. So, um, Damo, when you hear for Christmas, we'll watch some or all of them. And um, I've got a bottle of champagne ready. Last one from me. We've heard people talk about asset, um, asset rich, cash poor, or equity rich, cash poor a lot. Uh, it comes up time yeah. to time in the media, and I thought I'd break it down to people who might hear that term and not actually know what it means because I didn't really know what it meant for a long time either. Um, so if you're asset rich and cash poor, it's a fancy term for when most of your wealth, a.k.a. your net worth, is tied up in your home, leaving you with less cash or liquidity for other expenses. So a guy I follow on Twitter said it's like owning a gold mine but not having a pickaxe. You're technically rich, but your wealth is hard to access. So for those who are asset rich but cash for you, they might be older people who might uh, own their house outright but not have a ton of cash on hand. They might be retirees, so they've got a really expensive house that's worth worth a mozza, but they've got no cash to sort of uh, service or pay for the lifestyle they want to live um, at the time. Something those people might look to do is downsizing. You can sell your home, buy something cheaper and better suited to your needs as you age and have the extra cash tucked away in a high interest savings account or just have cash on hand uh, so you've got more liquidity to deal with bullshit or to to, to pay for your lifestyle the way you want to have it. Um, another way to avoid being asset rich cash poor is to basically do what we talked about at the start in terms of having a buffer or a, a rainy day fund building up your liquidity so you've got more cash on hand if anything goes wrong. Uh, you've got the cash to handle it and to service whatever you're trying to get done with your life. And I guess the asset rich cash poor thing, Dave, is almost like if you're a retiree and you've not built up any investments that pay you an income, you're just, you've got heaps of assets that are worth a lot, but if you don't sell them to make the cash, you're sort of screwed and you've got no money unless you have other ways of making money in your income, whether that's investments that pay you a dividend or whatever. Yeah, I just found that one interesting uh, in case people were sort of wondering how that one worked. Yeah, yeah. So, look, if you're, we've, we've had a couple of discussions recently with people, say, in their 50s and 60s who, um, you know, they want to borrow to buy a property to move into but, you know, one of them in particular doesn't need to. They just need to liquidate some of their assets. Um, another one who couldn't get a loan but had really good, um, like a really, they owned their own property and had, and it was, you know, worth quite a bit of money. So um, we sort of tipped them into like, a, a person we deal with who does reverse mortgages, which is basically where you draw money against the value of um, the value of your home. Um, so look, there, there's there's plenty of options available. Um, it's just a matter of sort of you know, asking around, and if you can't find anyone, have a chat with us because you know we can talk. We can sort of point you in the right direction, help you if we can. But if not, um, point you you know to talk to someone like a financial planner or or even just you know sort of sit down and map out where you think you might want to be in the next you know ten, twenty, thirty years. Um, 
So yeah, it'll, it'll, it's it's one of those things. Like downsizing is an option um, for people. You know, you might have enough money in your enough equity or redraw or money in your offset and enough land to put a granny flat on the back of your house. And we talked, um, Damon, I think early in the new year, you're going to be chatting with one of our clients who's a young guy who has just put a granny flat on his house to better cost just over 200 grand from memory, um, rents of 480 a week. So that sort of supercharged his um, ability to pay down the mortgage on the property he lives in, which is in front of the granny granny flat. So look, yeah, you know, the, the old thing is there's more than one way to skin a cat. And if you're, as we've sort of said on this podcast for the last three and a half years, if you're if you're not happy with your current situation, you need to change. And if you're not sure what to do, give us a shout and we'll at least have a listen. If you're in any of the areas we service around the country. Um, we can catch up or we can catch up by Zoom or phone or whatever. And it's about sort of trying to look at look at the things that you can control or adapt, sorry, things you can control or change. And then, you know, there'll be some things that regardless of what you do, you can't change them. You've just got to adapt. So, yeah, anyway, if you need help, just sing out. We're, we're always here. Yeah. And look, like so many people similar to what we're doing on a show, uh, explaining like different concepts about how to save your money and financial tips and blah, 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 blah. But in reality, a financial book for managing your money better could be one page, like spend less than you earn and save more. Like that's basically it. Like it gets more complicated to think where if you want to invest your money or however you want to do it, but like there's not really much to it. Uh, it's the same with yeah. losing weight or gaining weight. If you want to lose weight, yeah. eat less food. If you want to lose, uh, if you want to gain weight, eat more food. Like or eat better, eat, eat better food. But yeah, yeah. but it's one of those things. Like if you if you've done any strategic planning, which you know a lot of people have done in in you know, courses and that, yeah, you know, it's you sort of work out where you are now and where you want to get to. You know, you sort of work out okay. I'll make point A and I want to get to point B. How am I going to get there now? If you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to stay at point A. So the first thing is to realise that you've got to change something. And, um, yeah, it might just be asking for help. It might just be, um, you know, doing some things differently, you know, with, in regard to saving money. It might just looking at where you spend your money. And we talked a lot over the years about, the you know, getting the green, the old four-coloured pen from um, Officeworks. If anyone wants one, let us know, I'll buy one and send it to you. Like they're 99 cents. And, you know, go through, you know, or where you spend your money on, you know, credit card, afterpay, zip pay, hum, bank accounts, all that sort of stuff. What things do you, what were, what were mandatory expenses? What what were things you had to spend money on? Um, and what were the things you just did because you could? And, you know, those discretionary things, trying to strip them out. And the mandatory things is trying to get a better deal on them. So, you know, we've talked about getting petrol early in the week, using Petrol Spy, using the insurance apps to shop around, shopping shopping for bargains. You know, when you when you we were at the shops this morning and they had um, washing detergent was our price, so we just grabbed a couple, you know, and there's little things you can do like that. You know, you don't want to sort of get to the point where you, 
hoarding stuff. But, um, yeah, there's just things you can do and, and take control of. So, but as I said, if you need help, sing out. Or do you want to just start talking about your stuff, Dad, and I'll just quickly yeah, put yeah. Mac outside? Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, a couple of things. Like We get asked all the time about interest okay. rates, you know, what's going to happen. And, um, you know, no one knows because we don't have a crystal ball. Um and last in last week's show, we talked about the sort of predictions from the from the banks about what they think will happen, and most of them think the rates will start dropping middle to end of twenty twenty four, and sort of you know keep going down anywhere by about one point five to one point seven five percent over the next two years. So, but there's just quite a lot of interesting stuff happening at the moment around the world. So, we've got the war in the Middle East, and. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna if if that keeps going, it's gonna have quite an impact on fuel prices and also like the cost of getting goods to places because of the shipping lanes and those sorts of things. So if fuel goes up and the cost of shipping goes up, you know that's gonna add to the price of goods, which you know will sort of um, keep keep inflation up. Um, on the sort of on the flip side, you've got sort of the the economy in China cooling, which will sort of reduce demand for some of Australia's commodities. Which you know we're we're running a, a budget deficit, sorry budget surplus federally at the moment, mainly on the back of commodity prices. So um, yeah, if if that if if China cools a little bit, yeah, that will that will have an impact on the economy. Um, Natural disasters, like there's been a few, there's fires and there's floods uh, happening around the country at the moment. And, um, you know, some of the places where the flooding is is where we get a lot of our, like, fresh food from. So, you know, fresh food prices go up, inflation will go up. So, um, but one of the interesting things, there's lots of chat about what's happening in the US. And I was just sort of having a look um, the other day. And at the moment, the US inflation rate is 3.1%. So it's just over the like 2 to 3% band that Australia is trying to get to. In 2022, it was 6.5%. Uh, 2021 was 7%. But between 2013 and 2020, the lowest inflation rate was 07 and the highest was 2.1%. So for about seven or eight years, we had like record low inflation, then a bit of a spurt coming out of COVID because, you know, when you know, the, every government around the world was fueling their economies with um, with cash. So, um, you know, they, they're sort of talking now about rate cuts in the US. So the US went a lot harder than Australia did with increasing interest rates. Like our, our cash rate now is 4.35, and I'm pretty sure the US got to over 5% as they sort of try to knock inflation on their so look, there's there's going to be there's going to be a lot happening. I I just think rates will drop next year. I just can't see it being any other way. And yeah, you know, that's just my opinion. And as I've said quite a few times, I failed economics at high school, along with nearly every other subject. So that's probably don't ask me for advice on physics or chemistry or, or ancient history or English or maths. But um, yeah, I, I just think with with what I'm seeing that the economy is sort of starting to cool. Immigration, yeah, there's a big round table. I think this week. Or last week around immigration and um, Albo, Al, the PM, he's basically said, you know, they're going to drop in the immigration intake. So at the moment, we we're sort of almost in a recession on a per capita basis because people are spending less per person. But as an economy, we're spending more because there's more. You know, there's half a million more people here because we've opened the. Um, yeah, you know, open the gates to to people from overseas coming in. So I just think um, you, all the stuff I'm reading, I just get the feeling interest rates going to drop. So um, 
you know, I was chatting to a client this morning who's coming off fixed rate and they're offered a pretty good rate for a three-year fixed interest rate. And I just said, mate, look, if it was me, I'd just probably stick with variable at the moment. And remember, this is not financial advice. This is just what I see might be coming down the pipe. Um, yeah, I'd just be staying variable because I just think, I think this time next year, interest rates will be a little bit cheaper than they are now. So anyway, that's um, that's just some thoughts on that. Unemployment's ticking up. It's up to 3.9%. It rose by 0.1% to 3.9% um, in November. So like unemployment's ticking up a little bit. We still have like record number of people employed, which is um, good and a, and, a, and a high participation rate. So that that's all right. Um, the, we, we got the latest charts demo from the property clocks. And like we've sort of said in the past that with, with the property clocks, they're, they're just something that valuers Heron Todd White put out. And um, they, it's, it's sort of looking at a clock and going, okay, 12 o'clock is peak of the market. Mm. Um, Six o'clock is bottom of the market. Three o'clock on the clock is a declining market. And nine o'clock is a rising market. And they just sort of track from their valuations they do um, as, you know, one of Australia's leading biggest valuers yeah. of what they're seeing. And and there's, you know, a couple of, a couple of um, interesting ones around, the northern rivers of New South Wales and sort of up towards like Byron and Ballina and Lismore um, sort of moving towards the bottom of the market. And they've got towards the bottom of the market for houses, Geelong, Ipswich, Melbourne and the southern highlands, you know, around Bower or Mittagong, those sorts of places. So, But there's some improving markets. They're, they're staying around Gold Coast, Sunny Coast and Gladstone. Um, we've just had a client buy a good place in Gladstone through a – through a buyer's agent we use, um, and another one buy one in a pretty good suburb in Bundaberg. So anyway, um, and with the units, it sort of tracks similar to um, to the um, housing market because what you traditionally find is when houses go up, um, units usually lag, but they usually do go up because um, it gets to a point where people go, well, I can't afford a house there, I'll buy a unit. So um it's sort of this time of year we're getting our normal um, you know, predictions from different people about what they think is going to happen in the housing market. As per usual, the bank economists are all saying that you know, the sky is falling in and um, you know, thing, things are going to, um, you know, the property market's going to crash. Um, I'd prefer to put my, what's the word for it, not, not money, but I'd, my faith in the people that follow the property market because it's more it's more than just interest rates and um you know there's a lot more to it supply and demand it's infrastructure it's you know employment growth it's <clears throat> the types of jobs moving to an area government spending um you know how flexible the council is you know there's there's lots of things that sort of tap into um where where houses are going but just generally like as we say to our clients like if you're buying a place as an investment or to live in you got to look at it as like a 10 to 15 to 20 year proposition <coughs> excuse me and i can almost guarantee that in 2043 so 20 years in the future house prices and unit prices in australia are going to be a lot more expensive than they are now so um if you if you're sort of sitting on the fence thinking is it a good time have, just have a look. History repeats itself. Over the last 30 years, I think prices have only gone down in four years. And with the um, 
you know, if rates do drop, um, when rates drop, affordability um, goes up because borrowing capacity increases and, you know, with, with the sort of stuff the government's doing around super, um, more people are starting to think, you know, well, they said they weren't going to do anything in the super and now they've got proposals before parliament. Um, what's going to happen next? So, you know, you just need to be take responsibility for your own future and um, if you need help, yeah, we're happy to help, of course. Property clock stuff's interesting. Like, obviously, um, my biggest pet peeve is, yeah, that the bank economists do property predictions. I have a bigger pet peeve, Dad, which is property people in the our industry telling you where they think property markets are going to go well without disclosing where or where they have properties that they own. So obviously yeah, yeah. with this Heron Todd White shit, like Dubbo's been at the peak of the market of the clock since I can remember us tracking this Heron Todd White property clock, which I think was in late 2020. So I uh, I own a house here. So I'm like, that's on the record. Like I love Dubbo. I think it's a great market. I own a house here. So take that for what it is because none of these people bloody, it gives me the shits that none of them do it because I know for sure that a couple of the people that talk on on websites and go on the news talking about how great a certain area is own housing there and won't tell you that. And that gives me the shits. I wish we could regulate that in some way, but the government won't because they don't want to call housing a financial asset. But that's a chat for another time. So if um, people want to get in touch with us and you're trying to buy a house, because you want to own a house or an investment property, uh, we're, we're keen to work with you. So go to moneysaverhomeloans.com.au if you want help with getting a loan, because uh, that's the, the business that we're in is mortgage broking. Dad's a mortgage broker, and, and I work underneath him in the business, and that's that's how it goes. So there's thunder just smashing around me right now, Dad. It's crazy. Um, yeah, cool. It's good to yeah. see um, Dubbo. Good to see Dubbo getting some some rain. Hopefully, yeah. it's nice sort of um, rain that sort of soaks in, which would be yeah, good. That's the hope. But yeah, so um, we'll talk to you guys later, people. Hope you have a good week. Enjoy your Christmas and try not to kill any of your relatives. And uh, we'll talk to you shortly.